Welcome. This is Karen Modakaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. Hello, my friend. I'm so thrilled to be here with you today. I'm feeling a little bit better. I'm still a little stuffy, but I'm on my way to getting better. All right, before we get started with today's show about change, I'm going to do a shout out to Allie from Alabama. I got snail mail from her and I always talk about how important our community is. And so Allie from Alabama sent me a card and she often does this and she's been a long time listener. You've probably heard me talk about her on other shows. She's been here from the beginning. So think about that. I've done the show since 2006 and she sent me this card because she had come from a a recent appointment where it wasn't great news and not bad news, but she was feeling a bit low. And I'm so appreciative that she chose to go and listen to how she really does it, especially some of the deep dives. And she said it was like having coffee with an old friend. So she wanted you to let me know that the show still rocks after all these years. Allie from Alabama, big hugs to you, my friend. So thankful that you've been on this journey with me. All right, my friends, we're going to talk about change and we're talking about how change is possible for you. It really, really is. And I know there may be some skeptics out there saying, yes, that's great, but it's not possible. But people, this is the place where inspiration and possibility mean. So change is hard. It absolutely is hard, but it's possible. And one of the reasons that I coach swimming and have led the Aqua Monsters all these years is that swimming is the best sport on the planet. I know I'm totally biased. Yes, I've been involved in this sport for a really long time. But the reason I think it's the best sport is it's objective and kids get to be authentic. You authentically show up. I remember being in high school, you know, you're slumping to morning practice. You don't have to worry about like, when am I going to put on my face or how am I going to have my hair? Like people just see you, you are exposed. People get to know the real you. And the thing about it being objective is your outcome is based on a time and the time is determined by a clock. So the clock does not care about who you may or may not be. It doesn't care about your social status your race or your gender. The clock doesn't care if you're a nice person or if you're really selfish. The clock gives you objective feedback when your hand touches the wall. That's it. I love swimming for that because it is totally objective. It's not about, did I get influenced or was I on the right team? So then the judges give me scores. Did I get a fair call? Did I not get a fair call? You get to be you and you get to create who you become. And that's why swimming is the best sport on the planet is that it's like the test tubes for people to become who they want to become. The swimmers get to create who they become. And so right now I'm coaching the big monsters, which are like our five to eight year olds. And they are, whether it's them or all the way to our experienced national level swimmers, each person on the monsters, each swimmer in the country, they get to have this experience where they change who they are and become the swimmer they are today. So maybe like my big monsters come in and they're not very confident in the water, but over time they practice and they show up and they get better. They learn how to blow bubbles. They need to learn how to do air exchange. They figure out what a swim streamline is. 
And the same thing as the kids get older is there's another thing that's challenging them, a thing to overcome for them, and they get to master it and they get better and they change who they become in the process. So swimming is awesome because they change themselves. So it's like my little, again, my little laboratory to really test out a lot of the stuff about what is possible. And that's why I love swimming so much. So you can say that, you know, this has been my life work to evolve to the best version of me and to help others do the same thing. So whether it's with the aqua monsters or with my clients is creating these environments where people get to be the best version of themselves, where they can see what they are capable, where they can blow their own mind and say, wow, this was something that I didn't do, couldn't do. And now I can do this. So a couple years ago, um, one of our longtime parents on the team, who's actually been on the monsters longer than I have said to me, you know, because they've been on the team for like 13 years at this point that they were able to see with the experience of being on the monsters that not only do the kids get better and the coaches get better, but the parents get better. I'm just giving you this as examples and evidence of change is possible. My friend, it totally is possible even if you're running into brick walls, even if you may not believe it's possible for you right now, my intention is that you will be able to see your own ability to change in your life by the end of the show today. So stick with me. So in order to have change be possible, first, you must believe change is possible for someone like you. And I realize here Corinne goes with this believing stuff believe, 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 like really, this is just sounds airy fairy. I know there's that skeptic. I used to have a really big skeptic, but people, this is the ingredient. You can't make coffee without coffee beans. We all know how much I love my coffee. You can't achieve without believing, really believing and really achieving, not just hustling and grinding it out, but really achieving. You've got to believe right? The kids who go from not being able to swim to being able to swim at some point they believe. So I understand that there are obstacles to believing change is possible. I get that because you're probably thinking of all the examples, all the evidence of how it's not possible for you, of how that you're not somebody who can really change. And I get it because I used to believe change wasn't possible for somebody like me. Because remember, I used to have this belief I was a loser from loser straight, right? But it is possible to change. And I didn't think it was possible because I had all this evidence, right? I had the story that I was a loser from loser street. And then here's the other thing is I kind of thought I was working really, really hard, but actually I wasn't working at all. I was going through the motions. Maybe I was showing up to swim practice. Like this is what happens to some of our kids. They show up, they go through the motions, but they're not really engaged. They're not really focused. They're going through the motions, but they're not committing to it. And that's what I'm talking about. Believing to really achieve. You can show up and go through the motions, but part of the ingredient that's important, it's like, just like you need coffee beans to make coffee, you need to believe to really achieve. Because when I didn't really believe, I wasn't really committed. I'd be distracted. I would get busy with other things, you know, and I couldn't keep commitments to myself. Does this sound familiar? So here's some things that I would do. Like I would want to make change and I love going to bookstores and I love learning new things and I would buy these books and they would sit on my nightstand. Would I actually read them? Would I actually do them? No. And then I would talk 
and talk about wanting change and being in despair and feeling hopeless and wanting to, but then I would be focused so much on what wasn't working. And I was really good at complaining. And I call this building a campfire, pitching a tent and inviting people to hear my stories. My stories where I'm story fumbling, I'm going over and over again of poor me, this is what happens. And the problem with story fumbling is that it's an excellent way into staying stuck, which equals not changing. So I wanted change to be like the fairy godmother. I'd go to her, she would wave her wand and turn me into Cinderella, right? Poof. And I was changed. That's how we want change to happen. But my friend, that's not how it happens. We can change and change is possible. But remember, I started this with change is also hard. And part of the hard is the obstacles that you have to overcome in your own brain about what it is that you believe about yourself. So throughout my life, there were times that I was totally changing and I was growing but I wouldn't give it any credit. Does that sound familiar? I would just be like, yeah, whatever. That's not really changed. Cause see, I'm really not changing over here. Maybe it was a time I wanted or a friend that I wanted to have. Or when I say a time I wanted, like a time in swimming, you know, and be like, oh, but I haven't made it yet. So I'm not really changing and not realizing the changes I may be making, like doing a good job of getting out of bed early in the morning to go to morning practice, being committed to that. But I wouldn't recognize the small steps that I was making. So the first thing that you need to do is to put your judger on hold. That voice that wants to criticize you, that wants to shame you, that wants to say, seriously, who do you think you are? This isn't possible for you. Just put that on hold. I'm not even going to say let go of it right now. Let's just pause it and put it on hold. And then I want you to grab a compassionate lens to view your life. And this compassionate lens is a soft focus where you are showing up and you're just looking and you're reviewing. I like to say you would talk to yourself the way you would talk to your best friend, or you would talk to yourself the way you may talk to the grocery store clerk. Very kind, very compassionate. No need to judge. There's nothing that you're going to get from judging yourself. So be in this compassionate place where you are kind to yourself and you're talking to yourself. Maybe it's to an elder person. Think about where you're the best version of you when you treat other people. And that's what you want to practice with you. So we're putting the judger on hold and we're going to look at your life from this place of compassion. And I want you to notice where you've created change in your life. So some examples in my adult life where I've created changes some years ago, maybe it was 2013, I made a decision that it was time for me to learn how to cook. I had the story that I don't cook and I can't cook. And it was triggering all sorts of perfectionism when I was parenting my kids, when they would go in the kitchen and I realized I wasn't being the best possible parent that I wanted to be. So I learned how to cook. That was change that I made for somebody who didn't like to touch raw meat, who now cooks meat frequently. That is change. Maybe you're a person who never made their bed and you make your bed now. Acknowledge that is change that you've created for yourself. And maybe now that you're an adult and we're adulting, maybe you have the habit of flossing your teeth. And I don't want you to go, but Corinne, seriously, these are small things. And how is that going to really make any changes? We're in this compassionate lens. And what we're trying to do is create evidence for your brain, for that skeptic that wants to say change is impossible for you because that's not really the truth. 
There's certain areas you may not have changed, but there are tons of arenas where you have changed and small hinges, my friend, can move big doors. So maybe it's in school, maybe you've you graduated from, you've gotten a degree, whether it's high school, college, graduate school, and you've overcome some hardships in there. Maybe it's in jobs, maybe you've changed jobs. Maybe it's in relationships. Maybe you've had toxic relationships or friends who were takers and you've created new loving relationships. Just notice, and I want you to write a list of where are the areas that you've changed. Remember, nothing's too small. You get to say, yay me for flossing your teeth, right? If you do that, and it can be as simple as, and I learned this probably 25 years ago at a parent who once said that she kept dental floss in her car. And that way, whenever she's waiting to pick up one of her kids, she could floss her teeth. And I have dental floss in my car because of this implant that's created some problems. And so one of the things is for me to remember to floss my teeth. And so now that I have floss there, I'm much more in the habit of flossing it because when I'm at home, I'm busy doing other stuff and I forget. So I'm a person who now flosses her teeth more regularly, especially around that, that implant. Yay me. And that's how you start to change who you believe you are because you go, I'm a person who takes care of herself. We don't need a discount say, well, it's in my car because it's convenient and I always forget and I'm such an idiot. That's the judger's voice. We stop that. Okay. So you've noticed from this compassionate lens, the areas that you've already created change for yourself and we're not judging it. And this is providing you evidence for those of you who really struggle with believing what's possible. And remember, I said this earlier, it's way easier for me to get those big monsters, the five to eight year olds, we call them big monsters, because we have a little monster program that's for like four and five year olds, that's only in the summer. And then the big monsters are the five to eight year olds that can swim through the school year. But the big monsters, it's really easy for me to get them to believe in themselves way easier than it is my adult clients, because my adult clients have all this evidence. And they have the skeptic and the judger. They're really good story fondlers, where a kid over time, I can get them to like, Oh, yeah, I can do this. And they move forward so much faster. It's so fun. So stop beating yourself up and create evidence for yourself of where you've changed. And then next is believe you can change. You already have the evidence that you can change. And these are the different things. I used to be a person who didn't make her bed. I would be like, I'm way too busy. I hated going grocery shopping. I hated cooking because I'm a really busy person. And I let go of those stories. And now I'm a person that believes that she can learn new things. And sure, there are absolutely days I don't want to learn new things. And sure, there's days that I'm like, oh, I just want to sulk and have a pity party. But that actually is distracting and it gets in the way of creating change and what is possible for me. So believe you can change. You must believe to achieve. It's so, so important. You must believe to achieve. And maybe it's just, I can learn new things. If you can believe that as you're going through a struggle, that can help you. The other one that's really powerful, and you can steal this one too, is obstacles are the pathway to creating the success I want. So instead of arguing that when we have these obstacles, it shouldn't be happening because that's a really big dream stealer. I used to argue with myself, this shouldn't be happening. This is a sign and therefore I shouldn't be pursuing what it is that I want. Instead, obstacles are part of the journey. I get to overcome these obstacles and that can help with your own belief systems or I'm falling down, but that's okay. I'm getting up and this is making me stronger. Or I like to say there's beauty in this mess and I look for the beauty in it. What can I learn? And the more that you can do that, that helps you believe to achieve. So again, believe to achieve. 
right? Now, when we believe to achieve, believing can be hard and it's easy to have believing be easy when everything's going great. When it's like, oh yeah, see this happened and this happened and this happened. And then when you're not getting those transactional goals, those transactional relationships, it's like, I did this and then this happens. That's when it becomes challenging again to believe. And you must believe not only when the good results are coming, but also during those fallen down moments when you fail. And remember last week's podcast was about success and how success is built on a pile of failures. So when we fail, we have a choice. We can either use that as evidence that it's not possible to achieve, or when we fail, we say, okay, what can I learn from this? Really, there aren't any mistakes. They're just learning lessons. And how am I going to get back up? Or it's time to get back up. So now to go into this creating change for yourself, right? Because what we've done is we put the judger away. We've become passionate. We've reviewed our life of where have we created change so that we can now believe and remember that believing to achieve and believing even when there's no evidence in sight, but really believing that's really vulnerable. Now, the next thing is really making a determination of what arena do you want to make this change in? So if you think about like me learning how to cook, I had all these stories about cooking and about time and how it wasn't something possible for me. And I didn't like to touch raw meat, but I got really specific. It was about cooking dinner for my family. And I knew my why, because I didn't want to be a freak out parent in the kitchen. And that for me was a good enough reason. So in that area, I committed to it. And then I thought about, okay, I was really got became deliberate. I thought about what can I do to learn? And some people had said, oh, takes, uh, there's like, I think Cooks Illustrated, you know, there are things online, but I was still freaking out. I needed somebody to come in and like kind of hold my hand. And so I thought about who are my really nice friends who aren't going to judge me, who will not mock me because that would really shut me down, but who are going to support me and teach me. And so I thought about that and I said, okay, once a month, is what I can do to have a cooking lesson and make food and practice. And then I said, okay, that's unrealistic. That'd be 12 times. So then I dropped it down so that it would be totally doable. Like there would be no chance of me not being able to practice this. So I said, okay, six times over the next year. And I wrote down, I had my list of friends who would be supportive of this. And some names got changed because some would kind of laugh at me and make fun. And they thought they were supportive, but it was too much of a trigger for me. And I started showing up. And of course, the first time I went in and video cameras, I never watched the videos and I videotaped it. It was making a, my girlfriend was teaching me how to make taco salad. Right. And I was like, I mean, my nerves were all over the place, but I learned how to do that. And I made that for a long time. I practiced it. I cooked it for my family. I did that but I was deliberate. I committed to it. I was deliberate. And then I practiced my family ate a lot of taco salad for like the next three years. It's funny because I forgot I haven't made that in a really long time, but I made that and noticed that I committed. I got really clear about what it was that I wanted. I became really deliberate about who were the people that were going to support me and what was the way I was going to do it. And then I practiced. So I just gave you the steps of what you do to create change, knowing that it's possible for you. And notice I said, knowing that it's possible for you because it is possible for you. Put the judger aside, be compassionate, make sure that you have your evidence of where you've created change. Believe that more change is possible for you because it is my friend. 
at some point we all learned how to walk when we were just babies and crawling. So change is possible for us. And then get clarity around what arena do you want to create this change and focus on that, right? When I was working on the cooking, it was just the cooking for that night. And then there was that segment of time every day where I was deliberately practicing, probably not every day, but what, three or four times a week where I was deliberately practicing the cooking. And yeah, there was a lot of anxiety and there was a lot of, you know, vulnerability that was coming up every time or the time that my friend Jimmy taught me how to cook ribeye steaks. And that was the meat he brought over and we barbecued it. And then I went to go buy ribeye steaks because that's what I was taught. And I thought walking out to the, the grill and I thought, well, Corinne, maybe we should have started with hamburgers. That would have been a way cheaper option. But I was like, well, this is what I was taught. This is what I know. I've already bought it and we're just going to eat it. So I was totally committed that we we're going to eat it even if it was black and it wasn't black. It probably was a bit more well done than my family would like, but we ate it and it's worked and I'm pretty good at grilling steaks these days. So commit, be deliberate, practice. One of my enoughers, I have this enough group and they commit to becoming enough and really believing in their bones that they're enough. And again, one of my clients, she's bright and successful, but she's so hard on herself. Does that sound familiar? And really good at beating herself up. And so as we've gone through this process, she's really done a good job of rising from her falling down moments. And then recently she had some success about, you know, she showed up at an event that she was leading for her company. And she said, Corinne, I had an authentic me moment. I felt confident and assured that I would bring value to the meetings that I attended. And I presented really well and made authentic connections with our other physicians. And the beauty in all of this is that for her to authentically show up as herself, it cost her less energy. It was zero energy versus when she was trying to hustle and prove who she was. And it filled her up to be authentically her. So here's somebody who's been practicing, you know, for the last six months and had lots of fallen down moments and lots of imperfections. And she keeps committing. And she was really clear before going into this work event where there was a lot of pressure to do well, and there was going to be visibility. And she went and rocked it and was so proud of herself. Change, my friend, is possible for you too. So go out and practice. So I want you to test this out for yourself. Do the steps that I've outlined and test it out for yourself and notice the change that you are making in your own life. No more judging, be compassionate, believe in you and your ability to change, get clarity on what you want to change, be really specific, commit to it, totally commit to it and give yourself enough time. Remember when I was learning how to cook, I gave myself a year. And over that year, it was going to be six teaching dates over that year. Cause I figured if I can have six different dishes to cook, that's going to be fantastic for my family. Be deliberate, make choices that support your success. So my example of that was I had friends who were going to be really compassionate and loving, not the ones that were going to be sarcastic. I have sarcastic friends and I love them. But for me to go into this arena, I didn't have that capacity to be able to handle that skill set. Maybe now today, this is what, six years later, that would be fine. But back then I couldn't do it, right? I wanted people who weren't going to judge me, who weren't going to be sarcastic, who were just going to love me no matter what, even if I burned the darn ribeye steaks. Practice, 
practice, practice. That's how we create change, people. We practice. You know, Michael Phelps didn't become this greatest Olympian of all time because he just showed up. It was decades of practice, decades, maybe a decade, 12 years, I can't remember, but it was a long time of practice. Practice working towards the change. You don't have to do it perfectly. My client didn't do it perfectly over the last six months. She's fallen down and she's gotten back up. But when you do practice, you make that change. And then you're going to do it all over and all over. And you can change. It is possible. I'm so excited for you. Hey, I hear from so many listeners how much this show resonates in their lives. And if you're one of those people, you have to come check out Enough. It's my group coaching program where we take all the tools and practices that I discuss here and we apply it in our real life with support and accountability. We will integrate these tools into your life. So by the end of our time together, you are actually living them in your bones. It's not just something that's in a book that you'll eventually get to to read. It's not just something that one day, it's now. And the delightful bonus for you is that there's going to be a safe community with others to connect and thrive and belong so that you can become enough. Check it out at how she really does it.com forward slash enough. That's how she really does it.com forward slash enough. I'd love to have you join us in enough. The next enrollment period opens April 2019. Looking forward to having you in enough. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so well.